This is Paul. This is Wayne. So I was at the bakery yesterday. Uh oh. Was There's it you great... or was it your alter ego? It was me. Okay. It was me. Just it was, making it sure. Was me. I was at the bakery yesterday, and you know it's this great bakery in in Fort Worth, uh, Swiss Pastry Shop. Uh, they got terrific stuff, and so I'm there, and it's crowded, you know. And there's this, it. it one of my complaints about the place, because while they've got you know terrific baked items, they've got their registers sort of uh, interspersed around the counters, and so everything they've got is in the counter. It's in the display case. And the display case doubles as the counter. And so the line blocks the uh, display. And so you're really, you can't see everything when it's busy as it was yesterday. And, and, and it's not like you've got everyone's in the same line and they just take you at the end. It's like, I can help whoever's next. And so you can't see everything. Hmm. And, you know, so everyone's kind of crowded in. And this small child crowds in beside me you know wriggles through the people to look at the display case and she's and 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 her mother says uh so, so what do you want honey and she goes i want i think we should get a chocolate cupcake and a vanilla cupcake and they're in the display case you can see there is one chocolate cupcake left and one vanilla cupcake left oh and they say okay i can help who's next and it's me and guys, it's all I could do not to order the vanilla cupcake and the chocolate <laughs> cupcake. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 there was this struggle between good and evil <laughs> going on in my head that, that I just, it annoyed me so much that the child broke through the line, wriggled through to uh, get up in view when, you know, there, there's a crowd there. And I, I was like, you know, I, I just I want to punish the mother <laughs> to, to have to deal with upset child because the, 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 this is the kind of bakery that all they have is what's in the cat, what's in the display cases. They don't have anything in the back, you know. So, you know, had I ordered the uh, chocolate cupcake and the vanilla cupcake, there would have been no cupcakes for a little girl. I didn't. No, oh, I was about to say, did you did you do it anyway? I did, I, and I mean, I I, I was like, there was this, this voice in my head going, "You're better than this, Aaron. You're better than this," and I'm like, I don't think I am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I did not order the vanilla cupcake or the banana or the. Uh, cupcake. I'm proud of you for not doing it, Aaron. I'm largely not. because I didn't want either one of them had had they <laughs> had they been appealing to me at in any way i am certain the scales would have tipped otherwise <laughs> so it was just going to be a vindictive order <laughs> there was nothing about yeah. like yeah. order them and then throw them in the trash can on your way out in oh clear no, I view. Mean, and, and that was in my head too like order them and then drop them in the parking lot you know <laughs> <laughs> oh no you know frosting down <laughs> yeah i thought real hard about that well, yeah. that story ended in a very disappointing manner. But hey, I was real excited about the movie news this week. Oh. Uh, that uh, Will Smith will be playing Superman and Jada Pinkett Smith will be playing Lex Luthor. That's what I'm excited about. <laughs> Careful, Aaron. Careful. Too soon. Too Someone soon. might <laughs> smack you. <laughs> yeah, he's he's already had uh, two projects put on hold because of that. Yeah. Well, you know, because he's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there, there is that. Yeah. 
I think it, I think it, honestly it was uh he was one of those guys that was just teetering on the edge where people were like he's powerful and we can't do anything uh-huh. about it and then as soon yeah. as he opened up that door people were like all right he's out yeah because yeah. they're like oh you know bad boys four has been put on hold and I'm like yeah but really was that a tragedy <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like, did we need a bad boys four like what about I am legend two did we really need I am legend two. Didn't was he... that actually on the books? Yes. That I say that is on the books, but without him. Oh, okay. Oh no, I thought he was in it. No, they re they recast him. Oh, yeah. I am Legend Two. Ugh. Yeah, I am Legend <laughs> yeah. One. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Half yeah. of it's good. Yeah. Well, Aaron, I sir. The reason I asked about your alter ego and the cupcake shop shenanigans uh-huh. is because uh-huh. I feel had your true self or your alter ego been in that situation he would have ordered the cupcakes that totally it hadn't had mark specter aaron had mark head been there instead of aaron head those cupcakes mark specter head (laughs) (laughs) would have have ordered those cupcakes and then and then beaten the kid just like at the end of moon that's right yeah yeah just just pounded him yeah 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 So uh, this week we had the first episode of Disney Plus's Moon Knight. I was very excited, very excited for Moon Knight. Yeah, it's definitely more like. Uh, so if you look at the Marvel Netflix, or not Netflix, if you look at the Marvel Disney Plus shows, you've got shows like WandaVision and Loki that tried to do something new and different, and then you have things like Hawkeye that are more traditional superhero. This is definitely more on the WandaVision side of doing something new and different. Yeah, it's somewhere in the middle, right? I mean, I think it's a, it's off to an interesting start. Um, you know, I, I liked I liked the first episode. I'm just going to say I, I, I did like the first episode. You know, I'm a, I am a Moon Knight fan despite myself. Um, or I shouldn't say despite myself. Despite the fact that Moon Knight is one of those characters that so few writers get yeah. right. Yeah. You're a Moon Knight fan, despite Marvel. Yeah, despite Marvel. But you know what? I mean, that Warren Ellis run um, was great. Uh, the current run by Jeb, I forget his last name. Um, Jeb Zeb? Jeb Zeb. No, Jeb, uh, the, you know, the guy who writes uh, Doctor Strange um, is also pretty good. And, you know, I mean, there have been great runs on Moon Knight, for sure. However, there have been just as many bad runs on Moon Knight. I'd say it's probably about 50-50. I think it's actually more like 70-30, 70 being bad. Because there, there's a lot more bad Moon Knight than there is good Moon Knight, in my opinion. My favorite run on Moon Knight is the Greg Hurwitz run. Uh, yeah, um, that was a great was, run, too. God, it was so good. And, uh, I mean, there, there have, you know, I, I have genuinely, you know, the character is one that I... You know, a lot of people just describe him as Marvel's Batman, which is funny to me because he has never felt that way to me. Yeah. Um, you know, because they introduced the multiple personality thing or disassociative identity disorder. Let me use the common vernacular. Um, pretty established pretty early on. So he's never really read as Marvel's Batman to me. But I mean, so the, the, I was very excited about the show. I like Oscar Isaac. I'm a big fan of Ethan Hawke. Um you know, the, the show is very, very different in feel than any previous Moon Knight series I read, primarily because it's not, in my opinion, not very dark in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit more of an adventure feel to it, a bit more fun and whimsy to Mark's um, 
blackouts, or I shouldn't say Stephen Grant's blackouts. Um, so, you know, I, I, the first episode was intriguing. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. You know, much like a comic book, you don't see the super the, the superhero until the last page of the first issue. You don't see Moon Knight until the last 15 seconds of the first um, episode. But I, it, you know, it, it's setting up an interesting, uh, interesting six-episode uh, miniseries. Yeah, I'm wondering if we'll see a flashback to the first episode from Mark Spector's point of view, except maybe they won't for budget reasons. Yeah, that's a good point. That would be interesting. I don't, I don't know that Disney uh, ha- ever runs into budget reasons, but uh, yeah, fair. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm reserving judgment on this episode until I see the next one. Um, I was frustrated that we spent so much time with Stephen Grant in this episode and, you know, continuing to play the note of he doesn't know what's going on. And I felt like that was established in the first 15 minutes or so. And I, and I told Paul earlier in the week that it reminded me of Dune, you know, the recent Denny uh, Villeneuve uh, uh, version of Dune where it just kind of felt like part of a story. It didn't feel like the whole thing, which is fine. This being serialized, but if you're trying to hook me in the first episode, it didn't do that. I will tune into the second episode because it's a Marvel show and, uh, you know, I'm going to watch. But it didn't I, I, I didn't finish the episode feeling jazzed about it. Uh, I did think that that the car chase was interesting. And that's all that is always uh, challenging for me because I usually find car chases boring. But I thought it was really well done. Uh, I, uh, I, I I there were a lot of things that I enjoyed but it did feel like it was the same uh, story beat over and over. He doesn't know what's going on. And yeah. so I'm really hoping the second, the second episode really brings me in. Cause right now I could, I could quit the show. Uh, so I, won't, I, but I could, I had a moment of disappointment in the first episode of uh, when he walks into the museum and there's the little girl there and he's having yeah. the conversation with her when someone else seems to see the little girl. Mm-hmm. I had a moment of disappointment because I was hoping that was his other personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. we never really see them like him interact with them in the comics really like that. But I had that hope of that they were going to bring the little girl personality into the show. Sure. Yeah. You know, it, it, maybe, you know, it, it, it's for for me, I think it was, you know, most shows nowadays, and we've talked about this on our other podcast, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Um, most shows That's nowadays, a great podcast. It is the That's best podcast. It is better than this shit. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, are, are basically produced as like a six-hour movie, and that's the way I'm kind of viewing Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it took an hour to do what most movies would do in the first 20 minutes. Right. Um, you know, 20, 30 minutes, you know, and I, I think that... That that's the way I looked at it, like because this is basically to your point. This is the first twenty minutes of a movie, right? Like, oh, what's going right. on? What's going on? Oh, superhero pops up about twenty thirty minutes in, yeah. And now we, you know, we get the rest of the story. Um. So, but I mean, it, for I thought he did a great job. No, I every, I thought everyone was doing their job. I mean, you know, I thought Oscar Isaac's was great in it. I thought uh, uh, that other guy was great Ethan in Hawk, it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I thought All Ethan. Of- just nailed that. I mean, I I was really impressed with him in the role. Yeah. No, I I thought I thought it was well produced. It was well directed. I mean, everything looked great. I was just frustrated with the storytelling. Yeah. Well, you know, and the only reason I know it's Ethan Hawke is because my wife's like, "Is that Kevin Bacon?" 
And so I had to look it up to see that's who right. so No, it's the it's he's they... dry and withered. He's dry and withered. It must be Kevin Bacon. No, it's who they get when they can't get Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> it's poor man's Kevin Bacon. It is. Which is sad because Kevin Bacon is poor man's Kevin Bacon. Fair. Now he is. <laughs> is he like is he is Ethan Hawk like turkey bacon then? <laughs> turkey oh, bacon. Oh, oh, man. Uh, that's a dad joke, but also kind of funny. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, there's not much to the first episode of Moon Knight. It's a good, it's it's a start. I'm I'm curious to see where the show goes, and I'm 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 in. Of course, it's Moon Knight. It's Marvel. Um, everyone says episode four is where things happen, which in every series, it's like episode four is the the big turning point for Marvel. Um, so they're already hinting that the last 15 minutes of of Moon Knight episode four are like all the actors are like. Last 15 minutes of episode four. Like, episode four is my favorite episode because of the last 15 minutes, so... For once, for once, I would love for somebody to say, you know what? You gotta see the first episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's know, so good. The first episode is life-changing. Instead of, you know... Moving yeah, but then you could be, the then you could move on, right? That's right. But if you if you stay till episode four, then there's only two left, so you might as well stick it out. <laughs> well, speaking of, I had actually... I had to catch up on uh, my Dark Ages reading this week because I had stopped at issue three. Um, not because I didn't care for the series, but I, I don't know. It just didn't become required reading. Um, yeah, let's be honest, because we didn't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, we didn't talk about it on the podcast. So Tom Taylor and Iban Coelho, um, you know, this is the like big EMP type thing has taken out all the electricity in the Marvel Universe. And this is, you know, the heroes and the villains. And we... Honestly, I think we all enjoyed the first three issues, but then, you know, it kind of became this little inside baseball for you listeners is if we realize we're going to say the same thing about every issue, we just stop talking about the series. <laughs> so, you know, we, we've it's been three issues at least since we've spoken about Dark Ages. And um, I actually have something different to say about issue six. Uh-oh, look out. Issue six reads to me as if Tom Taylor had a longer plan for this series, but then signed an exclusive deal with DC Comics and just decided to wrap it up with a happy ending <laughs> and, and walk away. Because this ending was like, oh, wow, like, that that's it? And it's just like a happy ending and it's over? And oh, okay, like, I, I feel like, you know, when you read things like Injustice or, or any Tom Taylor book, right? It, there's always this feeling of, oh, I want more. Or there's going to be more, you know, or there's, you know, some type of thing that happens at the ending that sets up for the next series. With Dark Ages, it, like, I'm good. And it feels and it feels to me like maybe somewhere along the line, because it, it wraps up all rather quickly. Like, the first five issues are all set up for this big battle that basically takes place over the span of, like, three pages um, in this final issue. It all feels like it wraps up rather quickly. And, like I said, for me, you know, knowing that Tom Taylor had signed an exclusive deal with DC Comics and is now writing Nightwing and Superman and Dark Knights of Steel, you know, and at least three, if not more books for DC Comics, kind of feels to me like he was just like, all right, well, I'm wrapping this thing up because <laughs> now I'm exclusive over there. That's that's how it read to me. It was, it was a relatively lackluster ending for a series that started out so um, big for me. But, you know, Wayne, what did you think? So I was struggling with what I thought about the ending until hearing your description. And you kind of put the words, the, my internal struggle with it. It really did feel like it is a huge buildup for a couple of pages and no epilogue. 
I'm used to yeah. an epilogue for a big story like this, and it ends with them all happily walking into the sunset. Yeah. I am not. I wouldn't go so far to say I didn't enjoy it because I love the issue. It's just the ending just felt I expected more. Yeah, when you have five issues of buildup, and then, I mean, spoiler warning on, like, I mean, and I know, Aaron, you haven't read the book, so I apologize. But <laughs> Apocalypse is taken out in, like, two pages. Like, it's nothing. <laughs> like, once, like, as soon as there is a face-to-face confrontation, it's over. And for me, that just felt like, wow, like, that was a lot of buildup. And then, to, to Wayne's point, immediately after, they just basically leave the building, walk into the sunset, and it's over. Like, it, 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 there's no there's no epilogue. There's no setup. It's just, you know, it, it, it feels like it wraps up a little too easily and too tidy. And that's how, and that's why it struck me as, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to put a capper on this because I'm going to, you know, I, I need to wrap this thing up. And again, it's not, it's not a, you know, for me, it's not a bad book. It's just, it's one of those things that you read, a, you know, you read a lot of stories and sometimes it happens in TV, right? Where it's like, feels like there's a lot to wrap up in that last episode. Right. <laughs> and that, that's how this, you know, it's like, it feels like there's a lot to wrap up in issue six of Dark Ages. And there was, but, and it was, so instead they just like, you know, put a nice little bow on it and it was over. Yeah. And one of the other weird things to me, you see the good guys team come in and you see them fight a lot. You don't see Blade anywhere in that group until suddenly he's on the panel. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, when did Blade get there? He might be one of those shadowy figures in the back. It just seems like that was something that may have been set up if he had if he had done another issue or so. Mm-hmm. But out of nowhere, there's Blade. Well, it, it, it's all just relative. It's all just rather convenient. I will say it's all just rather convenient the way the bad guys are taken out, like the Purple Man, and then Blade showing up, even though he has literally not been in any single page of the issue thus far. It, it's it's all just. So convenient. Um, yeah. Now, I want to. There are a couple things I want to compliment, though. He has this incredible ability to find new and interesting ways to use heroes' powers. Yeah. And he does it again with Sue Storm. She's one that a good writer can do some really creative things with her. And he does that here as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he did that with Blade and, and Dracula. Like, they're. You know, Tom Taylor's strengths, and we talked about this before, is his ability to take powers and use them in a way that you've never seen before, and use them in a way that has stakes, right? Because he writes these books, outside of Nightwing and Superman, he writes these books that can have stakes. Heroes can die. Um, villains can die. And so he, he he's able to use powers in a way that are fatal. And it's it's a way you've never seen them. And there is a lot of that in all ish, in all six issues of the series. And I recommend the series. It's just one of those that um you know, it, it's it it's fine. You'll read it, you'll for, <laughs> you'll forget it. You know, it's not it's not gonna have any long lasting ramifications or, you know, impact on, on the greater Marvel universe or impact on your life in the same way that injustice or um deceased or any of them have had this lasting impact it's just it's fine (laughs) you know i i I, having not read the book uh i'm just and just responding to uh, what you and wayne have said if if that is the case you know that he got his exclusive after he'd already committed to doing the story i'm surprised marvel editing allowed him to do that you know allowed him to just end the book 
as opposed to, you know, I, I think one of the brilliant things about an alternate universe story is that it it doesn't have to have a happy ending and really shouldn't have a happy ending, right? Yeah. That it should it should change the characters and the setting in a way that you would never do in a regular Marvel Universe book. You know, it really should, you know, have just dramatic losses and, you know, sort of function as if we've got if if people are excited enough, we come back and tell the story because this is work for hire. Marvel owns the story. Yeah, they can do whatever the fuck they want. So why would they do that? That's what doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, maybe yeah. because they well, just, you know, the, the, the name recognition of Tom Taylor and or maybe that was part of his deal. Like, this is my thing. Just let me write my story, and they were, mm-hmm. and in order to get him on, you know, to write for them, given all his success in DC, maybe that was the deal. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. can you remember Crazy. a Tom Taylor alternate reality story where none of the heroes die in the final battle? No. Yeah, much less one that you went. Can you remember the last Tom Taylor book you read where you were like, eh, it was fine. Yeah. You yeah. know, on the flip side, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to rearrange the outline a little bit because it makes more sense um, this way. I know. But it's, you know, what you just said kind of reminded me of DC versus Vampires by James Tinian IV and Matthew Rosenberg, art by Otto Schmidt and, you know, a number of other artists, which, you know, continues its, you know, its storyline. Again, alternate reality storyline with stakes. It, it, it out, for me, it's funny. It is the book that out Tom Taylored Tom Taylor <laughs> this now, week. Now that's a, uh, that's a dad joke, Paul. <laughs> yeah, it because wow, this book had so many like, oh my god, holy shit, yeah. moments in this yeah. book. I mean, it was just nonstop. Especially, you know, I know, I mean, spoiler warnings on. I know everyone's talking about Batman dying in this book, but for me, the big one was Tim Drake getting curb stomped. Yeah, there were so many <laughs> moments in this book. I mean, even before that. Alfred chopping off uh, Hal's arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This uh, th- this was a, a a really well done book. You know, here we are midpoint in the series, and you know every every issue has been important. Every issue has moved the ball forward, um, and this one just turned the stakes up to eleven. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, things that this is mission critical and things have gotten as bad as they could possibly get. And it really sets up, you know, spoilers, you know, Nightwing is the big bad. You know, he uh, he punches through Bruce's chest, ripping out his heart. Um, and what what cracks me up is that, you know, Damien, you know, hovering over Bruce's body, you know. Father, hang on, please, please. His heart is outside of his body. <laughs> <laughs> I, in fact, if you look over, you'll see that it's in Nightwing's hand. Yeah. He's not going to get better. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really did enjoy this book. And what I really enjoy is that it is setting up a face-off between Barbara and Dick. And that's what I find really exciting. You know? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the storytelling was such that, I mean, you could feel the writer at work keeping Barbara out of the room uh, where all of this stuff is going down. Because, you know, Nightwing essentially just takes apart the good guys and really breaks up the band. 
um, when he reveals himself and, you know, Barbara is off on a separate mission. But, you know, you I can just feel it that, you know, Barbara is is going to have to go toe to toe with Nightwing at some point. And that's going to be really interesting. You know, and I love the side mission Mm -hmm. that it's uh, the Suicide Squad and it's just uh, telling Amanda Waller which ones became vampires. Uh huh. And and, and uh, Captain Boomerang going, uh, shouldn't you have told her about me? <laughs> <laughs> that killed me. That I mean, you, you know, Harley is doing the, uh, you know, here here's who's here, here's who's uh, here's who's okay, and she forgets to mention Captain Boomerang, and the next thing you know, his head explodes. Yeah. I just that was great. <laughs> Well, what I find interesting is that, you know, Superman has been turned as of the last issue. Yep. <clears throat> Which is Batman's fault. I yeah. like that Batman isn't infallible here. He screwed up. Yeah. He gave them Superman. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that, you know, they kind of take that off the table for now. Like Superman's off basically destroying the the, the world. But it's it tells such a personal story given how high the stakes are. Like the Bat, you, you know, it's rare that you see especially in in stories like this the bat family especially batman are usually the ones that pull through right like because they it's batman and he knows everything yeah and ollie never pulls through yeah he's usually the first to go but you know in this book the only one that's really either alive and not turned at the end of the issue is um uh cassandra kane and barbara gordon who is just not in the scene Mm-hmm. But everyone else is either dead or turned as of the end of the issue. So, I mean, it's, and we're only halfway through. And this is one of those books where I remember we talked about this when we first read Deceased. We're like, I don't know how this has a happy ending. Right. <laughs> um, but somehow Deceased pulled it out. Yeah, somehow Deceased pulled yeah. it out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. But that's that's what a good story does, right? The stakes are so high, you just don't see how the good guys can pull through. And so I'm well, excited about this book. This book yeah, excites me. Up until now, it was a fight. Like this whole right. time, you've got Batman and his people are the they know and they're hunting, and there's where the hope is. There's where the opportunity is until this issue when they just get decimated. It's a good book. Yeah, it's a good book. It really is highly recommend it. Yeah, you know, pick it up. We're only halfway through. Well, yeah, it's, Aaron. Uh, yes, sir. Well, you know, this isn't the only Batman related book that you picked up this week. Well, I don't, only I don't remember why. No, this was a deal of some kind. You're like, I'll pick up this if something happens. I don't remember exactly what the other thing was. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we made a deal on this one. This one was just, uh, you know, Paul whined that I hadn't, uh, you know, that no one was going to read, you know, uh, Shadow War Alpha with him. I don't want to be all alone. Don't make me be all alone. That does sound like said. a Paul move. That does sound. Yeah, it does. That, 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 that does sound very much like me. It's also how Paul asks for sex. It so, is. You know, <laughs> I don't want to do it alone. I don't want to do it alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I got to tell you, I, I wasn't looking forward to this book because I've, I've been just kind of not enjoying the current runs on Batman. But I do enjoy me some Raj al Ghul and yeah. some Talia al Ghul. And I enjoy the rest of the Bat family. Uh, it's just the the core Batman books I've not enjoyed much lately. But uh, I got to say, the interior artwork by uh, uh, Victor Bogdanovich doing pencils and inks is gorgeous. It In really fact, is. I was so taken by his artwork. I was like, why didn't they give him the cover? Yeah, because the cover's kind of mediocre. On, yeah. 
It, John Boy Myers looks like he's sort of aping a, uh, a one of those Aspen comic books, you know, Michael Turner. Uh, oh yeah, cover, okay, that, yeah, that's a know? good point. But uh, and I see that you know Victor Bogdanovich and uh, Dan Mora do variant covers, which I would have liked to have seen. But the uh, the the cover to this book was was rather underwhelming. But the interiors are gorgeous. And Paul, I mean, I I had to do a, do a quick check at the back of the book where the credits are. Uh, because I was like, is this Greg Capullo? It is very Capullo-esque. It is, particularly in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 there is there are some some s- specific scenes that seem very Greg Capullo. Uh, and so I don't know if he's influenced or what, but the book is just lovely. Uh, and I I I really appreciate. Uh, the different kind of storytelling about Raj. Um, I did. I, I, I really dug it. You can also see how the story once again turns Damien against Bruce. Yeah. Uh, or at least gives him a reason to turn against Bruce. Um, I thought this was a great story. I actually really liked it. Um, yeah. more, more so than I thought. And now I do like Rajal Ghoul stories. And if this had been anything other than a Rajal Ghoul storyline, I probably wouldn't have picked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know I'm, I'm indifferent on Batman, so this crosses over into three books: Batman, Deathstroke, and Robin. But it's only Fuck. I think like am I gonna have to buy am I gonna have to buy a Deathstroke book? <laughs> yeah, but I think it's only yeah. for like a month. Like I think it's Isn't it's it like all... one month of books and then a Shadow and then the final Shadow War book. Yeah, I actually looked at this book and I almost got it, except I saw that it was going to be a crossover. I was like, I'm not picking up Robin or Deathstroke and. But you know so what? I passed it's, on it. But you know, so the setup here, again, spoiler warnings on. It's the first issue, and if you read the description of the book, you'll basically find out what happens. Is that Rachel Ghoul? You know, has after spending time with Talia and his grandson, he's decided. You know, my way isn't working. I want to use. I want. I, you know, I want to turn over a new leaf, and you know, let's use the Lazarus Pit together to come up with medicines. And yeah, you know, he's going to share the resources of the Lazarus Pit with the world. With the world, yeah. And at that moment is when he's assassinated, and not just right. assassinated. They literally firebomb his body and remove and <laughs> remove the ashes, so he can't yeah. go back into the Lazarus Pit. Um, and Deathstroke well, and is the framed impor- for the, it. And the important note there is that Damien, you know, we understand that that Raj is dead, but you know, Raj is never dead if he can get to a Lazarus pit. Mm-hmm. And so Damien is, is zipping in to retrieve the body when you know there is like a thermite grenade that's been dropped over there, and there's no time. There's no time for him to do it without also being killed. And so Batman sweeps in and prevents Damien from doing that, which is what is, I, you know, we don't really see it here, but you suspect that's going to cause a rift between the two of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Damien has really reconnected with his grandfather. Um, I, 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 this book is great. I, I, I like the motivations of everyone involved. I like that Deathstroke has been set up. It looks like Deathstroke did it, but he's like, that's not me. I wasn't there. That I'm guy's a, wearing my old costume. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I haven't worn that. I haven't worn that outfit in years. Um, I, I, I just, I really very much like this book. I like the way the, the narrative is written. All the characters are voiced correctly. Mm-hmm. The visual storytelling is just off the charts. And I got to say, you know, this is a, uh, 42 page book 
And even though there are a number of just outstanding splash pages in this book, um, I never felt like the story was fat. No. You know, that, that that they were giving me more than I needed, that there, we were spending too much time in a moment. It, fiend, it, it felt lean. It felt like a lot was going on. Uh, the pages were, were full of action and storytelling. I, I just I, I very much appreciated this book. I, I, I finished it. and I was like, wow, I wish all my Batman's books were, were this good. Right. I don't disagree. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, and I will I'll at least continue um, through the next book of the uh, the storyline to see how it goes and i mean if it loses me it loses me but it's a strong start i like yeah when like i said when it comes to rachel ghoul i'm i'm a sucker already uh-huh yeah know, for 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 rachel ghoul storylines i am predisposed to enjoy a rachel ghoul story yeah. yeah well and so the story will continue next week in batman issue 122 from joshua williamson and art by howard porter which hey i i like i like me some howard porter yeah yeah, it sounds like some. It, it, I, I'm gonna be in. I mean, I'm I'm angry with you, Paul, that you're gonna make me buy a uh, a uh, Deathstroke book, but uh, at least yeah. Rob Liefeld won't be on it, right? Fair, <laughs> to my knowledge. Yeah, I would I wouldn't mind Batman, but buying uh, Robin and Deathstroke, no. Yeah, yeah, that's harsh. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, in addition to Batman issue 122 from DC Comics, we also have the second issue of Wonder Woman Historia. Um, from Kelly Sue DeConnick and Phil Jimenez. Um, actually, it says Gene Ha may actually be the interior artist on this one with Phil Jimenez on be- the uh, cover art. I believe that's Gene Ha! Ha! Um, ha! So we we loved the first issue. I'm very much yeah. looking forward to seeing the second issue. And this one's coming out quarterly. So, yeah. you know, I, I it's a little bit more expensive, but boy, that first issue was worth it. Oh, yeah. Um, and Gene well, Ha does some does some beautiful artwork. So oh yeah, uh, th- this is not a step down from the uh, prior book. No, no, just different, right? Yeah. Also from DC Comics, we get that the start of the new Batman Beyond miniseries, Batman Beyond Neo Year. Uh, from I, can we can we stop for just a second now that you brought that up? Yeah. Did anyone pick up the White Knight Batman Beyond book? No, because I didn't read the second one. Okay. Yeah, Did you? No. no, but I was fascinated fascinated by it i i was i almost my, my finger hovered over that 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 comic uh for a long while because it, it looked it looked super interesting yeah batman now, beyond the white knight i need to i actually need to read the second one before i yeah go to the third I'm one doing, i'm doing the white knight stuff as trades now yeah. yeah okay all right just wanted to check sorry i didn't mean to didn't mean to uh you know break your rhythm there paul damn it damn it so, you know the sad sorry. thing is i own all those white knight books because i always get them on sale and uh mm-hmm. i just i need to actually read them Um, And from Marvel Comics, we have new issues of the new Strange book from Jed McKay. That's who I was referring to earlier, um, featuring um, Clea as the new Doctor Strange. Uh, The Reckoning War continues in the pages of Fantastic Four. And finally, Devil's Reign concludes. um, Issue six of six of Devil's Reign. That's a lot of books uh, in series that we're really enjoying right now. Yeah, it's a lot of expensive books. (laughs) Great. Not not a lot of $3.99 there. Right. Yeah, well, there might be some good indie books, but we won't find them because Comixology's website sucks. Exactly. <laughs> well, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
All right, guys. Well, uh, maybe next time, maybe next time we could have some Andrew. We'll see. You never know. And uh, I'm sure we will have spent a, a, a tremendous fortune, a Wayne level amount of fortune on comic books. Certainly seems like it. <laughs> see you next time. Bye, guys. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.